I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host, Mike Madison, live in the Flora Studios. I've got a pit stop off in, uh, back home in Mississippi for a, a week or so, finishing two weeks in Hades, being in Louisiana. Now, I'm not a stranger to the heat being from Mississippi, but i tell you what they've had going on down there has been something special. About 116 uh, heat index. I know I've talked about this before, but it, it was something else. It was kind of cool this morning when I walked out the door. That was a nice, refreshing change. A lot of the people that I work with have been sent up to uh, recently St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm ready to head somewhere where the air is crisp and cool. So anyway, here in Florida for the day, happy to come in and see everybody at the station. Lots to get to today. There's certainly plenty of stuff going on around around the country and we'll get to uh, some of the more topical things uh, in a few minutes. We've got an, an actually interesting clip. It's, it's kind of sad, a little sad. A man questioning, questioning the direction of our country. But I, as always, I looked at. I heard it in a slightly different tone than it was probably imagined. And we're gonna we're gonna go through that too uh, in just a second. Quotes of the day today. My first quote of the day today is this one. Quote. Government is the largest and most persistent obstacle to the happiness and prosperity of the American people. That was said by Mike Madison. (laughs) Government is the largest and most persistent obstacle to the happiness and prosperity of the American people. Uh, I like that one. I think I'm going to put it on my own quotes list. I actually said this to somebody the other day. I had a conversation with somebody about, you know, somebody wants to, uh, if we just get control of this government, we just get it away from these guys and give it to somebody else. It's, nah, it's just it's just always the same. Always the same. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was playing poker this past weekend. I don't know how many of you out there are poker players. I really kind of jumped. I was a little early to the poker craze, but I was playing a lot of Texas Hold'em right when, you know, this was, I don't know, how long ago was it now? 10 or 15 years ago when it kind of swept the country. Everybody was playing poker. Celebrities were playing poker. There were poker shows all over television. I had started probably about a year before that. It's a pretty fascinating game. They're really good poker players, very smart people. I don't count myself among them, but there's a lot of math and statistics. But the most interesting thing about poker to me, I started thinking about it this weekend as I was playing, is that my favorite part of poker is playing against another person. You know, you have to understand, it doesn't really matter what the cards are. If you're a good poker player and you can read people, that is how you can win a lot of money playing poker. You have to know when they're lying. 
You have to know when to when to sit back, when to fold a hand so you don't end up uh, losing a lot of your chips. But the thing about poker that I like is that even with all of the – there's a lot of deception in poker. You know, you try to – you bluff people. You try to get them to think you've got a good hand or get them to think you've got a bad hand. There's a lot of deception in there, but we know what the goal is, and the goal is to win the chips. And there's something very, very pure about that. It makes it very easy to judge people. And I, I realized with when it comes to politics, that's my problem. I'm not sure what people's goals are when it comes to politics. We have got we've got two parties, two large groups of people in this country that I think continually vote for things that actually hurt themselves. I know when I'm playing a poker play. Now I play some bad ones. There there are bad poker players out there, and you ask yourself, what are you what are you doing? That was just a, a terrible, terrible idea. And and you will take their money. That's just a bad poker player. But the the motive of every poker player is to win chips. In politics, I'm not sure what the motives are because people consistently put large bets, go all in on people that will ultimately hurt them. And it was kind of interesting to me as this thought arose as I was playing poker. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'm I'm looking at other things while I'm playing. Game's getting a little long. It's a little slow. I may actually try to multitask. Not great for poker results. It takes a tremendous amount of focus. These guys who play tournaments for three, four, five days, that's that's mentally exhausting. Uh, but anyway, uh, another quick quote of the, the day, and then I'm going get to get into this clip by a gentleman, older gentleman, a little heartbreaking about the direction of our country. It's a short clip, but before I get into that, Caitlin Johnstone, she's one of my favorite socialist writers. And no, you didn't tune in to a left-wing lunatic radio show. She's just a very good writer. I disagree with her on a bunch of stuff, but she's she's on to the big game. Caitlin Johnstone wrote, "People on one side of the partisan divide are for be, are being trained to f- uh, to fear a future racist takeover. People on the other side are being trained to fear a future communist takeover. Both sides are being trained to overlook the oligarchic totalitarian takeover that has already happened." I think she's right. I think she's right. Uh, I wanted to play this clip. This was, uh, I saw this on Twitter. I, I don't know who any of these people are, and in the description it doesn't even tell me who this who these are, but it's an, it's an older gentleman, looks like somebody who was probably from the, maybe from the Korean War. He's wearing a military hat, but an elderly gentleman, and he's kind of bemoaning uh, where we are. Let me see which, uh, which button I push to play this. I have to reacquaint myself with the studio when I come in about every two to three months. Uh, anyway... And this is what he had to say. It's going to take the people. The people will have to run our country again. We have to elect, put in honest, God-fearing men to run our country like we used to have. That's what made us such a great nation. I see, that's what you learn and we learned in school. These kids don't know what you're talking about. I wish I could have seen those days. I hope my son sees them. we got to love our country again. Breaks my heart. (laughs) Me too, Don. And so there you go. We need to get good, God-fearing men running our country again. And I agree with him. People need to take control. And that's, as I said, that's a, that's a sad thing. This is a man who is, who's seen the loss of pride in being an American. And, uh, but 
I, I was wondering when I, when I listened to that, I was thinking, where do we go back to find the good, God-fearing, honest uh, leadership in this country? This is an elderly gentleman. I'm going to say he was born in the, probably looking at him, the 1930s, 1940s. So let's take a look at his life. Um, the 2000s notwithstanding, I doubt anybody who listens to WYAB and my show in particular uh, thinks that, uh, you know, uh, Obama or George Bush or Clinton, that gets us back to the early 90s, even Bush won. We know all of the all of the corruption that took place during those things, the warmongering, the rise of the government, the money printing, all of these things that have taken place over the last couple of uh, decades. But this is an elderly gentleman. He says we need to get back to the God-fearing men, uh, the honest God-fearing men that control our country. So I started thinking about it. I was thinking, when exactly are we, would we need to get back to? I would imagine a lot of people in their minds would say, well, the 80s, when Ronald Reagan was there. Now, I will say there was a lot of patriotism. We were in the Cold War, and Ronald Reagan was very successful in the Cold War, essentially winning without firing a shot. I have some admiration for that. I have a lot of admiration for Ronald Reagan as a politician, somebody who was hated by the left but was able to finesse them. I really wish Trump had taken a page from the Reagan playbook because Reagan, as I've said many times, won 49 states in re-election with the media and academia and Hollywood against him, essentially. Maybe not to the degree that it happens today. But at the same time, uh, when, when Ronald Reagan was president, his government was racking up tremendous debt. That During the Reagan administration was when they were running crack cocaine into inner cities. They were doing uh, illegals weapons operations in third world countries around the world to uh, fund covert wars. The deep state empire that we're living under right now was growing by leaps and bounds if you go back and look at people that were in the Reagan administration. So maybe not the 80s. How about the 70s? If we're going back and looking for good, honest, God-fearing men to run this country again, and I'll, I'll throw the, the obviously all of the Congresses in there with these people, because the direction of the government in each of these decades that I cover, we know where it's led us. The 1970s? Now, I don't know about Carter. Carter might have been a decent human being. I, I don't know, and I, I wouldn't doubt to find out there's some nastiness behind the scenes on him, but he seemed kind of like a he seemed kind of like a fairly decent human being, a bit of a doofus, but he was also, I believe, a member of the CFR. And he also was was there as the nation was racked by inflation because of an out-of-control Federal Reserve that at the time, it wasn't Carter's fault, followed on the heels. Oh, this shows you how uh, how long it's been since I've <laughs> been on the radio uh, live. Sorry about that. Um, so we had Nixon that took us off the gold standard back in the 1970s. It was Richard Nixon was Richard Nixon who actually sent Henry Kissinger to sabotage peace talks to end the Vietnam War before the 1968 election. And we know what a disaster the Vietnam War was and how deadly it was to so many of our soldiers, the 58,000 who lost their lives and the hundreds of thousands that came back to the United States completely mentally scrambled. So it wasn't the 1970s. What about the 60s? 
It wasn't LBJ. LBJ, who took us to war, was known to be a massively corrupt and racist to all the Democrats out there listening. LBJ was a massive racist, even though you look at him and say that the civil rights uh, movement took off after him. He was the the orchestrator of uh, the Great Society, trapping generations after generations in welfare, and he had a a statement that was at least attributed to him that said, we'll have these blanks voting for us for 100 years if we start giving them freebies. Uh, this was the beginning of the wrecking of the black family in the, in the welfare system. It wasn't LBJ, not Kennedy. Kennedy uh, was a good president. Maybe he was. He seems to be the closest to being a decent human being. I don't know if I would even call He He won an election uh, through cheating. <laughs> so uh, the the honest part, I'm not really sure, but he does seem to be the one bright spot, uh, one bright spot of someone who was actually kind of challenging the system, challenging the Federal Reserve, challenging the military industrial complex that his predecessor Eisenhower warned us about. The 1950s, maybe Eisenhower, he did warn us about the military industrial complex, but he played their games and the banksters were still in control of the government. The 1940s, it was Truman that dropped the bombs on Japan just to show power. It's well documented that we did not. I I recently saw Oppenheimer. It's really a very good movie. The acting is fantastic. Interesting historical things in there, if accurate. (laughs) And I'm always suspect of that. If accurate. There were things about Oppenheimer that I did not know, to be honest with you. I didn't know much about the man, except that he was in charge of the Manhattan Project. But we did not have to drop those bombs uh, and murder, what was it, 200,000 Japanese citizens? They were ready to surrender. And the bankers were in control back in the 1940s. Post-World War II, this is when the three-letter agencies really took hold, the CIA most notoriously as the OSS immediately after the war, morphing into the CIA. And then you go back to the 1930s. This was Roosevelt. Roosevelt used Pearl Harbor. Most likely, I, I say certainly knew that the attacks on Pearl Harbor were coming, yet he allowed as bait American sailors to be in the harbor to be murdered by the Japanese after the Japanese were essentially provoked to make an attack so that FDR could take us uh, into World War II. American people wanted nothing to do with World War II. Pearl Harbor, like 9-11, changed that. FDR was also the guy, really the progressive, the OG of the progressive movement that gave us a ton of socialist programs here, Social Security, welfare, income tax. So it's just interesting, when, when I listen to that man, we, we all share that man's sentiments that we need to get back to some decent, God-fearing, honest people to run this country. I'm just not sure when that actually took place in the first place. Now, the Founding Fathers had some great ideas. I don't know how honest they all were. I don't know how many of them were God-fearing. Some of them were deists, not necessarily hardcore Christian people. But I'm not sure exactly uh, when we need to get back to. And that is the problem, that a lot of people, I believe these days, a lot of people think that the deep state stuff, the corruption in our government, it's so in your face now. And I'll I'll credit the Internet to a small degree with kind of cluing us into exactly what's been going on. But the corruption is bad now. As I've said, the Democratic Party is in control, and they're bad at crime. 
They're like the just the thug that comes in and ransacks the place. The right is much more clever. They're more white-collar, behind-the-scenes criminals. The Democrats are the ones who just come in right to your face and they wreck the place. But it's not new, <laughs> as I've just documented. Uh, it's darn near 100 years old. So if we need good, God-fearing, honest men to run this country... Uh, I'm beginning to wonder if it's possible, if, the, if we even have a history uh, in that. When we come back, it was another quote of the day. It was a kind of, kind of dovetail on this from Vladimir Putin. This, I thought, was an interesting one. And he made it in 2017. I'll remind you of that when we come back. Stick around. Don't stop me now. Don't stop me. Because I'm having a good time. I don't know why I didn't include this Putin quote with my last segment where I say, I mean, it's hard to find the good, honest, God-fearing men in the past century that have run this country. And I think Vladimir Putin, he said this in 2017, and I think that's important to remember, too, because this was, uh, this was at the beginning of the Trump administration. Uh, Putin said, quote, I have already spoken to three U.S. presidents. They come and go, but politics stay the same as all times, at all times. Do you know why? Because of the powerful bureaucracy. <laughs> you got, you got to love a former communist. <laughs> A former communist, a, a, a ranking member of the Communist Party back uh, before the, the fall of the Soviet Union, where he's making fun of us for our bureaucracy, but he's not wrong. Uh, Putin said, because of the powerful bureaucracy, when a person is elected, they may have some ideas. Then people with briefcases arrive, well-dressed, wearing dark suits. These people start explaining how things are done, and instantly everything changes. This is what happens with every administration. He said that in 2017, and I would imagine this was probably in response to the fact that uh, Donald Trump did such a great job during his 2016 campaign where he said, why wouldn't we be friends with Russia? They're culturally similar to us. We're two great powers. We could trade. They've got resources. I mean, Trump made some good points about being friends with Russia. Then Donald Trump got elected. And suddenly Russia was under tremendous sanctions. And I would imagine somebody somebody asked Putin, what's the deal? I thought this guy said he liked you. I, George Bush. George W. 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 Had, he, didn't he have a nickname, Pooty Poot, or something like that for Putin? And yet he was incredibly hostile to him while he was in office. So I think he's, he's right. I'll get into a, a little bit of the Trump stuff in just a second. But uh, I thought this was interesting. Let me pull this up real quick. I didn't pull it up. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm rusty. I'm rusty here in the studio. When I'm recording, I have plenty of time to stop and do so. I don't edit the shows, though, much. I just go and I talk. Um, recently, since uh, I think since my last broadcast last week, they uh, appointed a special counsel to investigate uh, Hunter Biden's nefariousness, and I guess the entire Biden crime family. And I, I saw this headline on Zero Hedge, and so I clicked on it. David Weiss can't be trusted. That's a quote from uh, Comer. 
This is named James Comer. Chairman of the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, James Comer, said in a Friday statement that the announcement of a special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation is a DOJ, quote, cover up, unquote. Said this move by Attorney General Garland, part of the Justice Department's efforts to attempt a Biden family cover up in light of the House Oversight Committee's mounting evidence of President Joe Biden's role in the family's schemes selling uh, the brand for millions of dollars to foreign nationals. Now, this is what the Republicans are very good at. The, the Republicans are very good at putting out statements and holding hearings and writing sternly worded letters. <laughs> They're very good at these things. But of course, this is a cover-up. Of course it is. It always is. They all are. And, I, and the reason I say this is because it doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats. Who has ever investigated? I'm talking about all of these special counsels. You remember everybody just waiting for the Durham report to land? Oh, Mike, you've got it wrong. This is where it's gonna. This is where the deep state's gonna be broken apart. This is where all. This is where Hillary Clinton's gonna be locked up. Wait for the Durham report. And when it finally came out, well, I guess this has been just within the last three or four months, hasn't it? When it finally came out, there were people saying the Durham report is a cover-up. It left out a ton of things, and Durham said, well, we couldn't force somebody to say this or that, or we didn't bother to talk to this person. They are all cover-ups. Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller running his investigations. What did he spend? $40, $50 million? What came of that? <laughs> Bupkus. Ken Starr. Had the easiest job in the country in the 1990s. Uncovering Clinton corruption. <laughs> it was everywhere. Uh, Mr. Magoo could have found the corruption of the Clinton family. I'm dating myself with that reference. Look it up if you don't know who I'm talking about. Ken Starr spent a couple of years with the Republicans cheering him on, looking into the crimes of the Clinton family. What did they find? Little hanky-panky, little, little, little bit of sex in the Oval Office and a lie about it. A married man sitting in office telling a lie about having sex with somebody else. Gee, what a shocker. That's what Ken Starr did. They are all cover-ups. Our presidents and politicians commit crimes on the daily, as the kids say. Many financial. I saw that uh, Tommy Tuberville. Let's see if I've got that. I don't think I have that in my notes today. Tommy Tuberville just recently. Um, ah, What did he do? I may need to find this. He's just had some very, very interesting uh, stock trades, about a quarter million dollars worth of, I believe it was options trading, having to do with some of the committees that he sits on. And if certainly he's not alone, they all do this, because politics is just money laundering for the oligarchs. The number of war crimes that have been committed, who has ever been held accountable uh, in public office for basically anything? Maybe Nixon, maybe you could say he was run out of office, I guess, for what was probably one of the smallest crimes <laughs> that, uh, that we can think of in recent memory. They broke into a, an office to, what was it, to get a psychologist record on some Democrats or something like that. Boy, that is, that's child's play stuff, but Nixon was uh, run out of office. But he lived the rest of his life in luxury. 
And, and just think about all of the things that have taken place in modern history that have been, air quotes here in the studio, investigated. Vietnam, 58,000 young boys sent off to their death based on a lie of the Gulf of Tonkin, perpetuated by Nixon and Kissinger, where I believe the last 20 or 25,000 of those kids died. More people had their minds twisted. Were anybody held accountable for that? No, Kissinger just turned 100 years old. What is going on with this guy? I love, I love the cartoons where it's the Grim Reaper playing in one of those, uh, you know, one of those games where the claw goes down and you pull up stuffed animals or you pull up things that you win out of the, the little thing. You put a quarter in and you get to get to guide the crane arm around. And it said uh, the the one the other day, I guess Pee Wee Herman recently passed away. They said Pee Wee Herman is Kissinger even in this thing? <laughs> the Grim Reaper cannot get a hold of Kissinger. Kissinger's lived his entire life. He is one of the most responsible for literally millions of people around the planet dying. He's still an influential power player in Washington D.C. I have a list. I don't even have time to go through it. Waco, 9-11, crack cocaine brought into American cities, the COVID policies themselves, weapons of mass destruction, fast and furious, the Kennedy assassination. The Pentagon cannot account for trillions of dollars. I mean, this list is truly endless. Has anybody been held accountable? No, because every, air quotes here in the studio, investigation is just a cover-up. It's political theater. It's to each side to tell you that they're actually, they're actually doing something. Of course it's a cover-up of the Biden crime family. They all are. Be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me again. Um, <laughs> I spent most of that, that commercial break thinking in my head all of the scandals that have gone on, and nobody's held accountable for any of them. I mean, nobody. What I think maybe Oliver North. Did Oliver North, he did a little bit of time, didn't he, for the Iran-Contra stuff? But but nobody really high up, none of the political class really did it. Just, the, you know, occasionally they'll sacrifice, they'll throw a foot soldier in there. I'm not sure exactly how Anthony Weiner ended up in jail. <laughs> he, uh, I don't know how that happened, to be honest with you. It's, it's an outlier when one of these people is actually uh, held accountable. Uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on today. One is the the real tragedy that's going on in Hawaii right now. Now, I am somebody who, if I if you listen to this show for the since I've been on the air, coming up on about seven years, I am not shy uh, or scared of conspiracy theories. To believe that there aren't elites and oligarchs planning stuff and carrying out plots, that is what's insane. Not looking for them everywhere. But it's, I find myself in a strange position of trying to walk back people from some conspiracy theories. Now, I don't know exactly what what took place in Hawaii. If you if you go onto social media, it was a direct energy weapon. Look, I, I don't know. 
People point to these things. Look at this. Everything is burned, but the trees aren't burned. Now, the problem I have with that is that I've never really paid attention to that anywhere. Anytime there's been a fire, I don't know I've ever really paid attention to whether or not there were trees standing or not. It does seem odd, but you cannot trust anything on video anymore. Now, it's interesting. Twitter has rolled out a new fact-checking that I think is one of the best ones I've seen, although I don't trust Elon Musk and Twitter either. So, But a lot of people will post things to Twitter and say, you know, look at what happened yesterday, and they will ascribe it to a particular group, and Twitter will say, this is actually a video from 2017. It didn't just happen. Uh, there was something recently posted that showed fire crossing a street, and people saying, this is Hawaii. Have you ever seen fire behave in this way? And Twitter underneath it said, that's a video from 2020. It was a, a fire stoked by something. I don't know. I've seen video of power lines coming down in Hawaii. I assume it was ascribed by the narrator who was filming it uh, of that tremendous windstorm that came through as part of a the tail end of her. I know right now a lot of people will get mad at me for saying these things because I look, we are past the point where you can watch a video on social media and draw any knowledge for certain knowledge from it. I mean, really, we can no longer trust our lying eyes. This is a scary time to be in, but. People will post things saying, you know, look at these clouds. There's What are the flashes of light in these clouds? Well, I have seen in the past, I know when volcanoes erupt, they actually create their own kind of atmosphere in there and there will be lightning. I don't know if that was the case uh, with this or not, but how hard is it in today's day and age to take a video and add all kinds of little light flashes or laser beams Apparently, Reddit is up in arms right now or very excited that they've got satellite video of a plane, the MH, what was it, MH370, that was the Malaysian airline that, that disappeared, and there are orbs circling it, and then it suddenly, poof, it just disappears. And this is labeled as confirmed satellite data of MH370. I mean, we, we can't... We can't fall for every single thing on the Internet anymore. It makes it even more difficult than it has been uh, prior to about the past five years. This is really new. And what, what, you'll, I, what I believe, and I, I can't prove this either, truth is so elusive. People come on air, myself included. This is the truth about that. I mean, I can tell you what led up to the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They're historical events, well chronicled and reported on. You can go back and look at former uh, New York Times headlines of 2019 and 2020 where they are openly talking about the Nazis in the Ukrainian army. Headlines along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, Ukraine's got a Nazi problem. This is what the New York Times said in 2019, 2020, 2021, until Russia invades and then they say it's a far right wing conspiracy to say that there are Nazis in the Ukrainian army. Some things are easier to, to parse through. But when it comes to the Hawaii fires, I, I just caution people. There's going to be all kinds of things. Now, do I believe that now developers are trying to scoop up this land and, and exploit people's suffering? Absolutely. Was it an orchestrated plan to take out their property? I don't know. 
I've heard from people in Hawaii who have written into places saying, we have these fires every single year. This year, the winds were especially bad. And it does sound to me, from what the people there are saying, that the fire department essentially stood down. So I, I am very quick to believe, to be open to the idea that there are nefarious people willing to capitalize on little people's misery. There's no doubt about that. But I just caution people from from jumping on the directed energy weapons stuff because of a video that has a flash in it. I would imagine, and I'm about as technologically illiterate as anybody, I would imagine with an afternoon I could learn how to make some videos that were very compelling uh, to things like that. Maybe it was the case. I don't know. I'm just saying uh, we shouldn't have so much certainty. But, of course, this didn't help. President Biden put out a tweet. <laughs> it, it It is. A lot of people are pointing this out, that we've got a hundred and I don't know. How much have we spent in Ukraine now? I swear, I see people say we've already sent them $54 billion. I see people say $114 billion, $150 billion. The bottom line is we have no earthly idea. We really have no idea about anything. Is, who is the one that tells us where the government spends their money and how much on what? The Pentagon cannot account for. They can't pass an audit, an audit that costs something like $1.3 billion. We spent $1.3 billion to audit the Pentagon, at least one of, I think, the three times it's been tried, and they got nowhere. They can't account for tens of trillions of dollars. Not saying it's all been stolen or laundered. It's just that it's such a bureaucracy. I don't think anybody really knows where any money is and what any money is being used for. We just rely on these statistics that are thrown out. But we are definitely sending money to Ukraine. Here's what President Biden is sending to the people of Hawaii. A one-time $700 payment per household. Now, I'm a libertarian. And I know that left to their own devices, if the government got out of the way, the people of Hawaii and the generous American population would take care of the people of Hawaii. We don't need Joe Biden running in with his $700 payment, not per person, per household. I will make fun of him about how cheap he's being on this. Oh, you lost everything? You lost everything you've ever owned and probably a couple of your relatives. Here's 700 bucks. Sit down. Shut up. We'll take it from here. But his tweet not only referenced the $700 payment, as I talk about, you know, being a little suspicious of this directed energy weapon theory. Here's what he says. Uh, this is President Biden. Number two, we're, quote, laser-focused, <laughs> unquote, on getting aid to survivors. That does feel like maybe it's one of those things where they're just trying to throw it in your face a little bit. We're laser-focused on getting aid to survivors, including critical needs assistance, a one-time $700 payment per household, offering relief during an unimaginably difficult time. $700. We have staff on the ground dedicated to helping survivors navigate the registration process. That's what they want to be doing. They want to be signing up to get their $700. They lost everything, and I can only imagine what Hawaiian property on the coast of Maui is actually worth. Uh, worth. But that's $700. But, of course, look, he's got a leg to stand on here. The American people gave up all of their freedoms during COVID for $1,200. 
And this is a smaller group of people out on an island that's thousands of miles away from most people. Yeah, 700 bucks feels about right to get them to put up with just about anything. You know, you make people, you create a situation where people are so incredibly desperate that you can buy them off on the cheap. You close down schools, you close down churches, you close down businesses, you force people to, to qualify as essential. You, you strip them of their income, and then you just throw $1,200 at them. They're so desperate for the 1200 This is how the central bank digital currency will be rolled out. They'll have you so desperate that you'll do anything if they tell you, look, economy is pretty rough right now. Got a banking crisis. Everybody's lost money. Times are tough. There's this central bank digital currency account over here. It's got $2,000 in it. And people are going to jump at it. That's how it's going to come in. Trust me. It's going to be on the backs of another manufactured crisis created by these people. I believe Biden is going to Hawaii on Monday. Boy, those people must feel so much better knowing that this dementia patient is going to make a visit to their ravaged their ravaged cities gotta take one more last break i'll be right back All right, final segment for the day. I'm like a kid who goes to a buffet and loads up his plate with too much, and his parents say, what are you doing? You're not going to eat all that. I've got like seven pages of notes I can't get to. I'm almost out of time here. But I did find this one thing. I'm going to go back to this, this Tommy Tuberville thing, just to, just, just, just to show you what we're dealing with. I don't know if anybody even cared. This is so normal. It's not news. But it is, it, it is interesting because one of the platforms of this show is essentially the two parties, the reason the Republicans don't do anything to the Democrats, don't actually act, people will talk about they're cowards and they're feckless and they just don't, they don't fight as hard. I mean, I just don't think they, they want to. They understand there's so much criminality going on on both sides that they're just not going to do anything about it. Here, here it is. This is Republican Tommy Tuberville. Senator Thomas Tuberville uh, just disclosed $250,000 in futures trading in wheat corn, soy, and cattle. He sits on the Senate Committee for Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. He literally influences agricultural futures via legislation and is trading it actively. There was another one of these things, and I didn't clip it. I can't remember who it is. It's another one of these oligarchs, one of these people that go up there and and abuse their positions of power um, that, that has something similar. Somebody who I think is uh, on the Defense Appropriations Committee, and they've just been trading uh, either options or been just disclosed. I guess they just had some kind of a disclosure thing. I always like the disclosures that come from politicians. You know, the IRS wants to know where every nickel you have is, right? Oh, they know what you've earned down to the penny. And if they suspect that you've maybe been doing something outside the system, they'll, they'll come sniffing around. But if you look at the go and look at the net worth of a U.S. senator, they give you ranges. So this senator will be worth somewhere between two and eighteen million dollars. Well, that's a hell of a difference, isn't it? Somebody who serves in Congress for forty years, making a good salary because 
for some reason, the American people are sitting back, allowing them to have all these tremendous benefits and great salaries. You could theoretically save up two million dollars with some decent investments, not 18 million, but they give you these giant ranges. I've only got a minute here. I was watching uh, yesterday the Netflix documentary about Balco, the uh, steroid scandal. Uh, I think this was uh, early 2000s. This is when all the baseball players and some of the track stars got caught doing uh, steroids. But just t- <laughs> this is what I took from it. Uh, what the air quotes here in the studio hero of this show is an IRS agent. First of all, he was drawn to IRS because they came when he was an accounting major. They came to his school and said, hey, wouldn't you like to be an accountant with a gun? And he was and he said to himself and he says this in the documentary. Oh, that sounds right for me. That's a red flag. Number one. But what he said was, and nobody else pays attention to this and this, it's just how Mike Madison listens to a show. He said, I was tasked with making my own cases. He said, if I saw a Ferrari driving down the road in Florida where he was, I would run their plate. I would run their plate to see if they were able to afford that Ferrari. That's the IRS. That's the government we live under, at least for you and me. Not for Tommy Tuberville and the rest of the oligarchs. All the time I got, got to go. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Oh!